0: 1418 though as, as I was sitting there the thank God for Bibles and iPads that we can look up scripture really fast pardon let's hope I have the right scripture 1418 I believe it is or I'll have to look at my phone again no I can look it up up here I really believe that this has part part of the problems that so many people have with their walk with the Lord right now. You know, the Bible said in the last days there would be a great falling away. And falling away of who? The Christians. So we all need to be very, very, like I said, the Lord was really talking to me up there. And uh really cautious and careful, have you already started me, okay, Father, I just pray over my my self this morning. I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. I thank you, Father, God, that this word, this seed will fall upon good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. God, my prayer is that nothing is spoken. Except what you desire to be spoken. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here to teach us. And we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. So here we see that Jesus starts talk, talking about, well, let's just start at 14.1 because this sermon is now being changed. So we're just going to see where the spirit goes with this today. It occurred one Sabbath when Jesus went for a meal at a house of one of the ruling Pharisees that there were engaged in watching him closely. Again, Luke 14.1. And behold, just in front of him, There was a man who had a dropsy. And Jesus asked the lawyers and the Pharisees, Is it lawful and right to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they kept silent. Then he took hold of the man and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you having a son or a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a well, will not at once pull him out on the Sabbath day. And they were unable to reply to this. Now he told the parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they were selecting the place of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by anyone to a marriage feast, do not recline on the chief seat in the place of honor, lest a more distinguished person than you has been invited by him. And he who invited both of you will come to you and say, Let this man have the place you have taken. Then the humiliation and the guilty sense of improp- impor- Piety, you will piety you will begin to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and recline in the lowest place so that when your host comes in, he will say to you, friend, go up higher, then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, ranked below others who are honored or rewarded. And he who humbles himself keeps a modest opinion of himself and behaves accordingly will be exalted, elevated in rank. Jesus also said to the man who had invited him, when you you give a dinner or a supper or your wealthy neighbors, lest perhaps they also invite you in return and you are paid back. But when you give a banquet or a reception, invite the poor, the disabled, the lame and the blind. Then you will be blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied because they have no way of repaying you. And you will be recompensed at the resurrection of the just upright. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard this, he said to him, Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. But Jesus said to him, A man was once giving a great supper and invited many. And at the hour for the supper he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for all is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses and to beg off. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I have to go and see it. I beg you, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to examine and put my approval on them. I beg you, have me excused. I mean, here's a guy that's bought a piece of land and hasn't seen it. This one's bought oxen. He needs to go look at them. Um, And another said, I have married a wife. And because of this, I I am unable to come. So the servant came and reported these answers to his master. Then the master of the house said in wrath to his servant, go quickly into the great streets And the small streets and the city and bring in here the poor, the disabled, and the blind, and the lame. And the servant returning said, Sir, what you have commanded me to do has been done, and yet there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the kingdom ways, the hedges, and urge and constrain them to yield and come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, no one of those who were invited shall taste my supper. Now huge crowds were going along with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother in the sense of indifference or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude towards God and likewise his wife and children and brothers and sisters yes and even his own life also he cannot be my disciple whoever does not preserve and carry his own cross and come after follow me cannot be my disciple that's a real hard saying And yet the Lord says in the last days there will be a great falling away, people departing. Why? What happened? You know, I was was sitting there. what What happened? What happened to these people that were once so on fire for Jesus? Because it's already taking place. You talk to evangelists, you know, and pastors and things. And I've had probably in the last month two people one, one called and said I am so desperate and I am so hungry and I, I need to be in your church never saw them kept texting me kept, kept calling never saw them then I had one text me and, and I am worse than I've ever been in my life it's like I'm I'm like the man at, at, at the gatherings and I'm thinking, "Dear God, how can anyone that was so on fire become so far away from Jesus in such a short time?" Well, other things get in our way. Other other things become more important. People, places, friends, oxen, whatever, oxen, getting married, whatever. You're better never to get married if, if your marriage is going to keep you away from God, and that's the truth. And so as I was sitting there today because I was asking God, God, what is going on? Because we I've had so many people that had large churches, they're not anywhere, they're word of faith. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Well, people are, if the Bible talks about itching ears, wanting to have your ears itch, wanting to hear what feels good to you, what, what you want to hear. And, and last night as I was studying, and I didn't know this was going to come up, I guarantee you. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and do the lesson, and then when we get there, I will. Um, I'll talk about it. OK, let's go ahead and how to train the human spirit. And then, then, then you'll understand, I'm sure, as I'm trying to understand why um, why we're going here. This is, a, this is a you know, I remember when I was first saved, I said, "I am not going to hell for anybody or anything." And I ask God, God, show me the things that are wrong and get it out. You know, church. I think we need to go back to that place, every one of us, and ask God, what what's in here that's keeping me from hungering, thirsting after You more than anything else in the world, and get it out. And I mean, it was it was a hard getting out. I just read a. a prophetic word from a a friend that she printed from someone else and it talked about the great awakening and those of you that remember Gabriel Hamans when we had him talked about this there is a great awakening coming there is a fire of God coming and it's not going to be like the joy revival it's going to be the fire of God and it's going to burn out everything that is so unpleasing to god but god wants a spotless church a pure church and it's it's going to be the last revival and it will burn all the stuff out it's going to be a wonderful revival because we'll come out completely refreshed restored but what the Lord is saying this morning, get hungry and get hungry now. Because I've seen people when they've been hit by the fire, fire of God. I've been in meetings when that happens and weeping and, and crying. And, and like Michelle shared when she was on the phone that time at the Rodney meeting, all of a sudden she didn't know what was going on in the meeting pastors started calling in and repenting every call it was regular people but after that every call was a pastor crying and repenting and so this prophecy and I wanted to bring it today but I we're having trouble with our our internet service right now of course the church is different but This is what this person said. There will be a great outpouring, one more outpouring. But it is going to be the fire of God. And when the fire of God hits, it burns up everything that is not pleasing to God. And I believe God's telling us today, get it out, whatever is holding you back. So let's look at this. Okay, God will use our own spirit to guide us how to train the human spirit. Just as the human mind can be trained intellectually, so can the human spirit be trained spiritually. It can be built up in strength just as the body can be built up. In this lesson, we will look at four ways this can be accomplished. Number one, meditating in the Word of God. Number two, Practicing the Word of God. Number three, giving the Word of God first place. And number four, instantly, instantly obeying the voice of our spirit. Instantly. As we apply these four principles to our daily lives, we can come to know the will of god even in the midst even in the minor details of life god communicates with our spirit not with our reasoning fac- faculties as we instantly obey our spirit we find we are obeying the holy spirit so god does not deal with reasoning you can't reason with the things of God. But many people get stuck and try to reason things out. It's not going to work. It'll just mess you up. As we in- instantly obey our spirit, we will find we are obeying the Holy Spirit. God said in his word in Proverbs twenty twenty seven, and let's turn there. You know, when we look back at years ago, when they didn't have washing machines, they, there was no time in the day to mess around. You, you worked all day long, and at night you slept. I'm talking before TVs, and now we have people that they can't even communicate because all they do is text. I mean, it's really sad. You see people, married couples, texting all the time to, to what? Or on their, their phone or to what? Where's God? You know that song, I think we sang it last week, Calling Jesus. Can I talk with you? Jesus couldn't have time to get into to talk with some people because they don't make the time. So God communicates with our spirit, not our reasoning faculties, and we instantly obey our spirit. We will find we are obeying the Holy Spirit. God said in His Word, "The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching." All the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. I get that read it out of the amplified. The spirit of man, the factor in human personality which proceeds immediately from God, is the lamp of the Lord searching all his innermost parts. So we have the word, the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of our belly constantly. But a lot of people will say, I don't want to go there. They'll they'll be into something that they want to do and if it's, if it's mentioned, they get angry. They get angry at the person that's mentioning it, yet God is using a vessel to ask these questions. It's not the vessel's fault, or the pastor, or the fivefold ministry. It's not their fault. They're just being obedient to what God is telling them to say. You know why? Because the person does not spend enough time with the Lord to hear it for themselves, Or they read it in the Bible, and they don't want to give it up. I'm staring at you. I'm staring you out today. They don't want to give it up. And every time the Spirit speaks to us to stop doing something or give it up, and we don't, we become hardened. We become hardened. And it it stunts our growth. And it's like in years and years of counseling, I've seen where people, it's like an onion skin. I have, I, the spirit of God through me has to peel that onion skin. And pastor knows there have been times when I've come home or whatever and just, just I can't talk. Because I think, how in the world did this person go through this? And God wants to deliver them. But it's going to take a while to unwind all that. I shared one time before that I watched the, one of those big, huge garden spiders. You know me and spiders. That's not my thing. But it was, it was in our arbor, and I was back there. We have benches back there, but I don't go back there anymore because there's no spider. But it was interesting. This, this spider, something got caught in its web. And the spider came out and it stung the person and then started wrapping its web around it. And I sat there amazed, because it reminded me of the enemy, how a fiery dart hits, but we don't deal with it. And then he starts weaving this plan, okay? Okay. And I sat and watched this thing and I thought this is how people become entrapped. So let's go ahead and look at this. So we see the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward part. This means that God is going to use our own spirit to guide us. The spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord. Rule one. Meditating in the word. Let's turn to Joshua 1.8. We know, we all know what it says. Now I'm teaching you Brother Hagen's material right now. Some of it. Okay. Not all of it, but some of it. Joshua 1.8, the word of the Lord, the book, the book of the law, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. How many of you have read through the Bible and read the law? Is that the fun part? Are you tempted to, to <laughs> just forget it? Just, for, just forget it and we'll step go on somewhere else. This is all they had to meditate on them. They had to learn the law. And look what it says. And this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Well, it's like the Ten Commandments. They've taken them out of the school. How, how do we expect this generation that we're living in right now to operate. You know, when you see a person out there, a young person out there, pray for them because this has been going on for years, and so their parents don't know. You understand what I'm saying? So there's many, not all, but many are wild. It, it, is, it is not easy to train up a child in the way they should go. That is probably one of the hardest things that you will ever do if you're a parent or a person. That is the hardest thing. And it's kind of like a pastor. They, they're, they're called to train up the church in the way they should go. and It's, it's like training up children. And so for, I, for all you parents out there, I encourage you, Don't give up. Just keep on doing what God says to do and how he says to do it. And what the enemy will try to do is use that little child or that grown-up child or whatever they are to try to manipulate you. Why? Because the devil is a manipulator. If you get anything, remember that. The devil's a liar and he's a manipulator. And he wants to manipulate your life. And his part is to kill, steal, and destroy. But God's part is to bring life and life more abundantly. 10.10. So when God anointed Joshua to lead the children of Israel after Moses' death, God told him at the outset the importance of meditating in the word. Another translation uh, the last phrase of Joshua 1.8 says, you will be able to deal wisely in the things of life. So meditating on the law will, or the word will cause you to deal wisely in the things of life. I would, inc- you know, we're not under the law anymore, but God certainly wants us to love our neighbor and, and do what the law, you know, do what the word says. We are to meditate in the Word. That Brother Haken used to teach. He would read all the Bible, but he stayed in the epistles because that part is mainly for us. Okay? Certainly, we would, wouldn't have good success if we could not deal wisely in the things of life. God told Joshua that he would medit- if he would meditate in the Word, God would make his way prosperous, and he would have good success. I mean, I can imagine him knowing that he's taking this group into the promised land whose fathers and mothers were rascals and disobedient and didn't obey God and murmured and complained. So God told him, if you meditate in my word day and night, you will make your way prosperous and have good success. The most deeply spiritual men and women that I have known are those who give time to meditation. One cannot develop spiritual wisdom without meditation in God's word. You can't. That's why it's so, how much, how much word do you have in you that you can bring forth, bring up? You, all those scriptures that you can quote, you've meditated on them. You have meditated on them. because they come out quickly. They're deep in your spirit. You've meditated on them. Marilyn Hickey used to make her children, her two children, had to memorize the book of Proverbs, all of it. All, all of it. And they hated it. But the Bible says you'll be wise. So, number one is meditation. One pastor once told me that he had been trying to make a success of his church. He flew all over the country, visiting many of the larger churches, studying their methods and trying to find out what made them successful. He brought their programs and ideas back to his church, but they didn't seem to work. Brother Hagen says, after hearing him teach about meditating in God's word, he decided to try it. Rather than asking God for things, he set aside a certain time daily for meditating in the word. After 30 days had passed, at the close of his Sunday morning sermon, a landslide of souls were at the altar. Most people were saved in one service then had been saved in the church in the previous two years. The people were revived and the pastor began to have good success. So it's obvious we need to meditate more. We all need to meditate more. This is, this is probably the most crucial time we will ever see in our world right now, in our country and in our world. And it's going to take the Christians meditating to see the change. His testimony can be that of any believer who will follow his example and spend time meditating in God's Word. Shut the world out. Shut the world out completely. If you have ambitions to do something worthwhile, I suggest you begin by taking 10 or 15 minutes daily for meditation. Begin the development of your spirit. 10 to 15 minutes daily, meditating on the word of God. Now, do you know, how many do not know how to meditate on the Word of God? I mean, it's very possible you don't. Don't And don't be embarrassed to raise your hand, because if you don't, then I need to stop and explain it. So I guess we all do. Okay. I think Thank you. I know, but go ahead and explain it. Okay. Tell me what you know, Arlene. Um, okay. So to be meditating on the Okay, How to meditate in the world, the word? This is how I do it. I take a subject that I know that is necessary for me to fulfill what God wants to do in my life, say, healing. And I meditate on the healing scriptures. Over and over and over. Remember, he said in Joshua, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So it's the word. It had nothing to do with prayer. It's the word. You take the word. Thank you, Arlene. I appreciate it. You did very well. Um, I'm going to give you a few scriptures here that are just right in front of me. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from troubles. If you have a problem with your mouth, then you would meditate on this. He who guards his mouth and tongue keeps himself from trouble. So, Lord, I need to guard my mouth and my tongue and I will not have trouble. You know, a good one is Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Psalms 1.1. Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You've got ungodly, sinners, and scornful. Now to me, there are a lot of ungodly Christians out there. that try to counsel you or prophesy over you or whatever, then they're sinners. They don't know the Lord. They'll try to sway you. The only reason we should be around sinners is number one, if we have to work with them, is number two, if we're trying to lead them to the Lord. That's it. That's it. You don't go out dinner with them you don't go fellowship with them you don't do whatever or you'll find yourself with something that you were delivered from in your hand (laughs) and you understand what i'm saying or in your mouth or whatever so blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners or sitteth in the seat of the scornful Stay away from those that are scornful. Do you remember when Jesus went to raise the girl from the dead and there were paid mourners there when he came and said she's alive they all began to scorn him. They laughed him to scorn. Well there are people that mock you and laugh you to scorn that are believers for what you believe in. You know, there are people that believe praying in tongues is of the devil. Still. Don't get in arguments with them. Just don't, don't fellowship with them. And it's very important. And I'm going to say this to Mary. She's a single here, or Holly. Very important when you plan on marrying someone that you find someone that agrees in the word like you do. Because if you don't, it is going to be hell on earth. Trust me. Because you're going to be in disagreement. Just, it's not, it's not going to, marriage needs to be a harmony. (laughs) That's, you know, it needs to be harmony. So let's go on. Shut the world out. If you have ambitions to do something worthwhile, I suggest you begin taking 10 or 15 minutes daily for meditation. Begin the development of your spirit. You know, this year when the Lord said, showed me that we needed to start over, like, go back to the basics. Because if you, if people don't understand the basics and they're not built upon the rock, then they're not gonna, when, when something comes, it, the enemy's gonna blow their house down. And in the hour that we're in right now, we cannot have any brick out of place, okay? Practicing the word is what Jesus called being a doer of the word. Can we do number two? Pract- number two is practicing the word. I'm sorry, James one twenty two. Be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Be a doer of the word, not just a hearer, Because when you hear the word and you don't do it, you deceive yourself and you keep going on your way with one foot in the world and one foot outside. It's harder to operate in the spirit realm than it is in the in other words, you're going to be operating in, in carnality. And the sad thing is, these people are dangerous. It's like they have a shotgun or a gun that just sprays stuff out. They try to counsel people. They try to give their opinions. But they're, maybe they had a relationship with God years ago, a very deep relationship. But because they have not kept it up, that deep relationship is not there anymore. So, this is the blessed in the man that walks, walks not with the ungodly sinners, but the scornful. Because they don't know what they're talking about. They have a little bit of the word, but more of the flesh and more of their thoughts. And so they'll I hate to say this, rattle on forever. They can't shut up. You want to tell them, shut up. Just shut up. I hope really, none of you know anybody. I just want to say shut up, because you're, you know, you're more of an embarrassment about the word, because you're not walking in it, then it's better to just be quiet. Do you all understand what I'm saying? I'm sure you've all met some, okay? Some people keep, think that being a doer of the word is keeping the Ten Commandments under the New Covenant. However, we are one commandment, the commandment of love. If you love someone, you won't steal from him. You won't lie about him. Paul said that love is fulfilling the law. If you walk in love, you won't break the law that was given to curb sin. But if you don't walk in love, then you may as well live by the law. And that's what many Christians do. They throw themselves under the law, and they're not walking in the spirit. Okay? Does that make any sense to all of you? Paul said that love is fulfilling the law. If you walk in love, you won't break any law that was given to curb sin. In this scripture, James is urging believers to do primary what is written in the epistles, to act upon the word. For example, Paul wrote to the Philippians, Be careful for nothing, Philippians 4, 6, if you want to turn there. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The Amplified Bible says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and everything by prayer, petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God usually we practiced only usually we practice only part of this we don't mind practicing the part that tells us to pray but if we practice one part and not the other we are not practicing the word we are not a doer of the word okay what's it say again Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. First, the Lord says, do not fret. If we're going to fret and have anxiety, it isn't going to do any good to make requests. If God said, do not fret, this means we can keep from it. This is one way we we read the Bible. If God says it, we can have it. If he says it, we can have it. If he doesn't say it, we can't. You understand? I mean, if if we're wanting to change God to our point of view when his word says something else, you may as well forget it because you're not going to change his mind. And I've had people come and tell me that God has told them they can do blah, 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 and I will tell them Show me that in the word, and then I'll have to take them to the word, and this is in counseling and show them where he says not to. I mean, I you know, many people because they want to want their own way. I hate to tell you this. This is how I learned it because I was so stinking rebellion as a kid that I had to learn this the hard way. Okay? I'm just being honest. I had to learn it through casting down imaginations. I was a child, and I hate to admit admit this, my mom would discipline me, and when my dad got home, I'd go and tell him, and they'd have a fight. How'd you like to have raised me? And she'd beat beat me crazy the next day. I don't blame her. It's a good thing we didn't have a girl, because we could have had a doozer, probably. (laughs) first the Lord says do not fret if we're going to fret and have anxiety it isn't going to do us any good to make requests if God said not to fret this means we can keep from it God is a just God and he will not ask us to do something we can't do there was a time when I believed that I could make my request known to god but i had difficulty believing that i couldn't fret god said we don't have to fret so i say i refuse to fret or have anxiety about anything i take my request to him and then i thank him this quiets and pacifies the trouble Spirit that the devil would try to make me have. The inner turmoil persists. I simply go right back to the verse and read it again. I keep claiming it. That is meditation. I will follow Paul's advice do not fret or have anxiety about anything. We can believe God. For the promise of this verse. That follows. And the peace of God. Which passes. All understanding. Shall keep your hearts. And minds. Through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.7 Let's read it again. And the peace of God. Which passes all understanding. Shall keep your hearts. And minds through Christ Jesus. Many people want what this 7th verse talks about, but they don't want to do what the 6th verse says to do. However, to receive this peace, which passes all understanding, we must be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, verse 6. God's peace shall garrison and mount guard. This is in the Amplified Version of verse 7. I will keep guard over your heart and your spirit. The education of our spirits comes by practicing the Word of God. You know, the more we practice the Word of God, the more we do it like to day we heard about do not fret or have anxiety trust me the enemy's going to bring things this week to get you to try to fret and have anxiety because the word cometh okay and the devil comes to steal the word and he'll try anything he can we need to be prepared. Always be prepared. Boy Scout model, be prepared. Be prepared. I think that's in the Boy Scout model. I think it was in the Brownie model. I was a Brownie. Okay. Be prepared. Are you prepared? If you know there's going to be a great falling away in the last days and it's already taking place, then you need to be prepared that you're not going to be one of them. We've already had some. I don't want any more. Be prepared. Education of our spirit comes by what? I just said it a while ago. By practicing the word. Can you reap the results and have peace without being a doer of the word? No, you really can't. Be a doer of the word and you'll grow up spiritually. I mean, how hard is it, really? God says, don't do this, don't do it. You know, Proverbs six sixteen says, there are six, no seven things that are abomination to the Lord. If he says there are seven things that are abomination to the Lord, don't do them. Learn what they are and don't do them. Meditate on them and find out what they are and make a point. Never to do any of them. The Bible says, every liar will have their place in hell. Wow. So, don't lie. I know it's hard if somebody says, how do I look today? Don't lie. Well, I'm serious. Don't lie. Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, I'd rather hurt their feelings than go to hell. That went over great. Keep laughing back there, Mike. You're not married. You don't need to worry about it. (laughs) Oh, no. Do you think this is an easy sermon? All right, number three, giving the word first place. Proverbs four twenty and 22. I've taught on this so much this year that we should know it by heart. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from my, thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh with so much different voices surrounding us it is difficult to stop and listen to the voice of the word of god family and friends always are ready to give us their opinions and advice whether you ask of it or not however an essential part of training the spiritual man is learning to listen to what God's word has to say to us. It is giving the word first place in our lives. I'm reading right out of Kenneth Hagin here, so don't blame me for this. Some of some of it I'm saying, but don't, I'm telling. You, right now, I'm reading what he said. Okay. It is giving the word first place in our lives. In the verses quoted above, God tells us to do three things with his word. Listen to it. Read it. And memorize it. In verse 20 we read, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. This is, for you guys right now, this is like being in a class at Ramah, okay? I mean, I'm not Kenneth kind of Verse 21 tells us, let them not depart from thine eyes. In other words, spend time alone with God's word. Let it sink deeply into your thoughts and in your heart. Memorize it as verse 21 tells us. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. When do you know, my dear, for a positive fact, that you know that I'm gonna be in the Word, hearing it and reading it? And when else? Right, before I go to bed, right, as I go to bed. You you know for a fact that that's gonna go on every night, if you do it the same time every day, this is I'm talking reading it, hearing it, and planning on doing what you hear. If you, if you take a time every day, same time, You, it will become a habit, and it won't be broken. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Now, if I was the type of person that the minute I hit the bed, conked out, that would not be my time to pick, to choose, to study the word. That'd be foolish. It'd be absolutely ignorant. Now, if I was the type of person that liked to get up at four in the morning, that would be my time. But I don't like to get up at four in the morning because usually I'm going to sleep at that time. So you you need to pick a place that you know that every day you're going to be there and God knows you're going to be there. And he's there to meet you no matter what. So three things. Listen to it, read it, and memorize it. In verse 20, we read, Incline thine ear unto my saints. Anytime the Bible is being read aloud in church, in family devotions, on a gospel, radio, or television program. Give careful attention to its words. If you have a steady diet of the word of God and meditating, you will pick up like that when someone's off. If you're listening to them on TV or reading a book. It'll just... And we all remember the book that... The person talked about Jesus paid the price for our sin in the garden. I mean, I was teaching out of it in class, and I was studying it the day before, and I'm like, wait a minute. And I read it over, and I, this, guy, this guy can't be saying this. This is absolutely asinine. Excuse my expression, but that's exactly. So I called the pastor in the room, and I said, read this and tell, <laughs> tell me what you think of this. And he read it and he goes, He's off. He's way off. Because Jesus did not cover my sins in Gethsemane. Not when he dropped, you know, had drops of blood, sweat drops of blood. See, this is where you, you have got to be so precise and know the word where anything that's off throws you off, so you will not be sucked in by it. Okay, where am I? Verse 21 tells us, let, not, let them not depart from thine eyes. In other words, spend time alone, alone reading God's word. Let it sink in deep into your thoughts and your heart. Memorize it, and verse 21 tells us, Keep them in the midst of thine heart. If we do these three things, we will find that God's words are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Verse 22 We will enter into the abundant life in Christ Jesus. We will find physical healing for our bodies. All we need to do is give God's word first place in our lives. Rule 4. Ready? This is it. You probably are going to get out early. (laughs) We're family, right? (laughs) Okay. Instantly obeying the voice of our spirit. Don't drink coffee in the morning. The human spirit has a voice. We call that voice conscience. Sometimes we call it intuition or we call it an inner voice of guidance. It is in our spirit talking to us. Every man's spirit has a voice, whether he is saved or unsaved. But the new birth is a rebirth of the human spirit. Your spirit gets its information as you meditate upon the word. Learn to obey your spirit. Your spirit has life and nature of God in it if you're born again because the Holy Spirit dwells within you. The devil can't be giving you the information because he is not in you. He is on the outside of you. So the enemy can talk out here, but he's not going to be talking inside of you unless you have a spirit okay a demon in you and and you can't the demon is not in your spirit if you're born again but it can be in your flesh okay or in your mind okay I'm just gonna I'm not gonna talk on that today that is a whole nother lesson don't even worry about it okay because the spirit in here is much greater than anything else okay God has to communicate with you through your spirit because that is where he is. He isn't in your head. He isn't in your reasoning faculties. He is in your spirit. Your spirit gets its information through him. Learn to obey your spirit. Some people say that conscience is not a safe guide. But this isn't always true. The conscience is a safe guide in the spirit-filled believer because God is dwelling within that believer. The believer's conscience is the voice of his spirit because the voice of God, God is speaking to him. Paul said he obeyed his conscience in Acts 23.1. And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. In all good conscience before God. Hallelujah. Okay, you ready? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Proverbs 20:27. 20, God will use your spirit to guide you. He will use it to enlighten you as your spirit meditates and feeds upon the word it becomes a safer guide it is trained in the word the holy spirit does not speak a little differently to those of us who have certain ministry gifts does speak a little differently to those of us who have ministry gifts As a rule in the lives of believers the inward voice is the voice of the human spirit speaking not the Holy Spirit so he speaks a little differently to us in the ministry the Holy Spirit often speaks to us about others But I never hear him for my own benefit. When God speaks to me about others, it's for one reason and one reason, well, several. Pray for them. You're gonna be ministering to them. I want you to share this with them. And the minute I share it, it goes it goes on a shelf somewhere. And if God wants to bring it back, he can but I can sit here and not look at you and remember what was said unless we're talking again and it might come up. It might not either. You might have to remind me. And I ministered in Santa Cruz. I had someone that took notes. I didn't want to see the notes. We both fasted and prayed the day before. We came. We ministered to the person. She took notes. I never wanted to see them but we both got the same thing in our notes when we were fasting and praying about the person. It was amazing. The Holy Spirit often speaks to me about others. If I ever tell you something, trust me, I don't say things to be saying things very careful. And a lot of times I'll hold it for a long time before God will tell me, you need to speak to them. Sometimes not. But I, w- I will definitely say, okay, I want scripture and a lot of things when it, it because I do not want to be a person's guide or whatever. So my prayer is that God will al- already have spoken to them Okay. As we learn to obey the voice of our spirit, we will come to the place where we know what we should do in all phases of life. How many of you know that there are going to be different phases in your life? I mean, I'm 72, and I can tell you practically every 10 years after I became an adult, there was a new phase. A new... um, A different place, especially in the Lord. The Bible says, "From glory to glory, is changing us." And the more you meditate, the wiser you will become. Okay, so there's different phases in your life, and many of you know many of you are here in a phase, and another one's here. Don't try to counsel the person that's here in their phase, because you're not them. Unless you can come to them with three scriptures, two or three scriptures, and say, God told me such and such. Don't... So many people have been let off, taken off guard by people telling them stuff. very important we learn to obey the voice of our spirit we will come to the place where we know what we should do in all phases of life the lord will guide us proverbs 3 6 in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths in all ways acknowledge him And he will direct our path. Okay. This is what I was going to share earlier. Number three, giving the word first place. As we let the word sink down, many times we read and we don't want to change. And this is what happens and this is what messes us up. And each one of us needs to go to God this week and say, God, is there any place in my life where I've done this? And we don't want to change, so we don't allow the word to go any deeper. And this is how people get stuck. They're stuck. They can't understand what happened. What happened? What is going on and what happened? Well, a big one is unforgiveness. I don't want to ask forgiveness now. Want to make God mad? Don't be a person that doesn't repent immediately. Because from the time this took place until you take care of it, there's all this time that the enemy has time to work on you. And I'll, I'm going to share the ways he gets to you: anger, unforgiveness, self-pity. Oops, somebody's writing it down. Anger, unforgiveness, self-pity. Because I'm I'm giving you this from the Spirit, okay? And resentment. More will give me that later when I see you today. Those are the areas, if you're not quick to repent, that during this space, the enemy has free reign to just have a party with you, with your mind. So the word can't go deeper. We don't want to change. This is our memory text. The spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord, Proverbs 20, 27. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. Hallelujah. Hope you got something out of that today. A lot of that was not in my notes, so I need a copy of that tape, okay? If I could, Heather anybody need prayer this morning good we can close <laughs> no I'm... turn me off for a minute